We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello everyone, welcome along to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Beat. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Each week on the Fantasy Football Beat, I'm joined by an NFL Beat reporter to break down one of the biggest games of the week. On this week's show, I'm going to be joined by Chris DePasso of the Buffalo News. We'll be discussing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travelling to face the Buffalo Bills in Week 7. And we'll be looking at the key players and key matchups that we expect to decide the game. We'll be looking into Jameis Winston and his injury heading into it. We'll be looking into LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor and how they will fare against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that has had its struggles this season, among many other topics. And after I talk with Chris, I'll take a few moments to recap what we discussed and use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive a little bit deeper into the game from a fantasy football perspective. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and is a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. You can check out all the apps and all the great work by the team at Rotoviz at rotoviz.com. This week's edition of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Beat is brought to you by my bookie. I've mentioned it on each and every show so far this season that uh, they are my preferred sports book that I like to use. And I like to start off the show, give a little bit of an update on what the odds are for this particular game. But this game at the moment with that Winston injury is currently off the board. So there's no odds up and available for this particular game. But if you're looking to get in on the action this coming weekend, I would highly recommend using my bookie. 
You can sign up for an account now at mybookie.ag. They have everything you need. Fast payouts, in-game live betting, and an all-new mobile site and app that uh, works really, really smooth. And as well as that, they have the most rewarding player perks in the business. The last few weeks I've mentioned as well the the sign-up bonus up to 100%. And then, of course, that $25 casino chip that they also throw in for using the code ROTOBEAT when you sign up. But so this Sunday prior to week seven, that will be your last chance to sign up and use that code to avail of the 100% matched bonus. So if you want to use it this week, get signed up, make some money and have some fun. You'll get that $25 chip and plus they will match your deposit up to 100% when you use the code ROTOBEAT as you sign up to an account. So get involved. Uh, that does end on Sunday. So as I mentioned, it is off the board. This game, it will be back up, I'm sure, as we get into Saturday or early Sunday, and then you can have a little bit of action on this. But let's get into talking about the game and what we expect to happen, and then, of course, we can decide what will happen and where to put our money. So uh, let's get straight into it. Let's get Chris Trapasso on the show. Delighted to be joined now on the show by Chris Trapasso. Chris does uh, great work over there for the Buffalo News, and we're obviously going to be discussing the Buffalo Bills' upcoming Week 7 game here against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, uh, Chris, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on again. Um, So when we're looking at this game, the Bills are coming off their bye week, and uh, obviously um, we have to kind of look back, uh, having a nice fresh week to come off. But what has your early season uh, grade of this team been after five games? Well, I think... Looking at this team um, going into this game after their bye week um, with a road game against the Falcons, home against the Broncos, um, I think, and I think most people would have not expected the Bills to be three and two at this point. Um, and then at Carolina they played, and then at Cincinnati, obviously. So I, I think. If a lot of Bills fans were told, hey, your team is going to be 3-2 and two going into the bye week, they would have taken that. Um, certainly in Week 5, losing in a tight game, in a you know, pretty much torrential downpour the entire game against the Bengals. Um, in a game that the Bills were in and had the ball um, down four points um, – and, you know, with a chance to win, it can, you know, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth going into the bye week. Not only losing, but, you know, a, a road game against an AFC opponent that could be battling for a wild card spot. But this is a team that has had a lot of turnover, and it seems as though Sean McDermott, just his, his coaching style, leadership style, and most importantly, his defensive scheme just fits with the Bills' personnel and what they want to do on defense. The, um, that unit has just played very well at really all levels of the field. The offense has been a little bit limited. We haven't really seen that running game that's been so good the last two seasons since Shady McCoy came over in a trade um, from the Eagles. And the wide receiver group is is not necessarily that impressive. It's, it's probably one of the least dynamic in the NFL. And then Charles Clay goes down the tight end that had really been a um, beneficiary of you know a team that doesn't have Sammy Watkins anymore, doesn't have Robert Woods. Um, he goes down with an injury. He's going to be out a few weeks. So it's really a team that almost similar to what we saw Sean McDermott have in Carolina, that a team that leaned on its defense, um, occasionally got some big plays out of its offense and really wanted to run the football. So I think that's kind of why Bill's ownership brought in uh, Sean McDermott. He'd kind of been a head coach in waiting for a while uh, in Carolina. Um, 
as that uh, defensive coordinator there. Um, but this is a team that I think, you know, because of that philosophy that they want to play really good defense, turn the ball over, run the ball, and then um, as they get a little healthier, which they are now coming out of the bye week, maybe, um, you know, start to make a few more plays in the pass game. It's a team that, especially considering all the parity or mediocrity, whatever you want to call it, in the AFC, um, does, I think, have the blueprint in terms of what, what they want to do and what they can do on both sides of the ball to kind of be in that playoff race in uh, the last couple of months of the season. Yeah, and they were a team, you know, after they traded away, um, you know, traded for Jordan Matthews, traded away Sammy Watkins, or a team that people maybe were kind of turning their nose up at and thought they were looking ahead to the following season, heading, heading to next year already, but they have uh, really impressed so far this season. The Buccaneers didn't have a bye week. They lost to the uh, Arizona Cardinals 38-33 on the road, a game which uh, obviously... Uh, for Jameis Winston's uh, injury, which we'll be talking about in just a moment, um, didn't help them out there. Now two and three, and uh, the biggest news, as I mentioned, coming out of that was the injury to Winston, who so far this week has had a limited practice. As we look at the injury report, his right shoulder, it'll be interesting. It, it, I think at the moment it is unlikely that he's going to play. Uh, the, the report for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as we record this on Thursday, their Thursday uh, practice schedule, or, or, or their injury report has not been updated. Uh, limited for them this week as well was also Levante David, the linebacker with an ankle injury. Uh, they also have spent Noah Spence uh, shoulder injury has been uh, limited as well. TJ Ward limited with a hip, and they also had Kevin T- Keith Tandy limited with a hip as well. So there's a, there's a lot of injuries on this here, uh, and uh, you know for the Buccaneers coming off that road loss, they're heading on the road again. It's obviously a very very tough spot for them. As we look in now to the uh, Buffalo Bills injury report, Charles Clay, as you mentioned, uh, is injured, did not practice, will not play this week. EJ Gaines was a full participant today after being limited yesterday, which is a good news there. Cordy Glenn had a full practice, good news there. Uh, Rim, uh, Ramon Huber and uh, Richie Incognito uh, did not practice, but uh, for Incognito's case, it was rest, so uh, I'm sure we'll see him suit up this weekend. And then hamstring injury has a full practice for Leonard Johnson, and then the other player there is Jordan Matthews with the thumb coming off that surgery. Uh, limited practices in both weeks for him, but reports coming out that he's a little slower to progress than the Bills would have like so looking at that bills uh first of all their uh, injury report out of those obviously clay won't go this weekend but is there any other that you've concerned about uh ramon huber probably the only other one uh with that thumb injury that hasn't practiced this week yeah i think ramon huber uh is kind of in the same boat as charles clay um and actually huber got hurt against the falcons the uh previous week in week four with a thumb hand injury. Um, and Sean McDermott has been pretty adamant that both of those guys, Clay and Humber are more week to week than they were day to day. Um, we saw against the Bengals, the Bills defense played actually pretty well for about 90% of the plays, but there were two long plays um, that um, AJ Green was found on um, that one was a 70 uh, plus yard touchdown. The other was a, I think, 47-yard gain that um, brought the Bengals offense inside the uh, five-yard line, and that was really the extent of the big plays for the Bengals in that game. So to get EJ Gaines back, um, not that it will necessarily, you know, change what Tredavious White has been doing. He's beyond those two plays. He's been, you know, extraordinary as a rookie. But it's it certainly helps to have a veteran comeback who, in training camp in the preseason won that um, number two role and he missed that game against the Bengals so there was a little um, shuffling in the secondary and some guys that are 
normally not going to play that much, did play a little more, you know, second and third string guy. So probably the biggest name um, outside of Cordy Glenn, who strangely wasn't, uh, was active against the Bengals, but didn't play. Um, so outside of him, EJ Gaines um, is probably the biggest name on the Bills um, in terms of defensive side that will potentially play and probably will play on Sunday against the Bucs. And as we look into it, obviously it's a, a very small sample size, but the Buccaneers continue to be winless on the road. They are 0-2 at this point, and they head to Buffalo in Week 7 here, as I mentioned. And uh, the Bills are a very, very tough team to overcome at home. Their their home record has been very, very good. Not a place that you want to be going in with an injured quarterback, as I mentioned, with Jameis Winston heading into this one. But reports on Fridays, I just have been uh, looking up as we've been talking. Uh, it looks like he's pretty confident uh, that he's going to play, and he's meant to take all the practice uh, reps on Friday. So after tomorrow's practice, which will be the Friday portion that uh, we will be much much clearer whether he'll play but there's no doubt about it with him or without him it's gonna be a very tough contest here for the uh, Buccaneers to head into Buffalo on the Buffalo side I mentioned there on the injury report Jordan Matthews and his thumb injury he has said that he still hasn't caught practice or caught passes with that right hand so he's considered day-to-day may uh, should suit up this week but when you're looking at it um, you know he suffered it in week four had a uh, the surgery timetable uh, after that was meant to be to return maybe in a, another week or two. Do you think he does uh, get on the field this week, or do you think they, they hold him out for another week or two? Sean McDermott came out um, at the beginning of this week and, and was a lot more optimistic about it. He actually said that uh, Jordan Matthews had made tremendous progress. When the injury happened against the Falcons in week four, um, it was, you know, the first diagnosis or the first prognosis was um, that he was going to have to have uh, thumb surgery and that he was going to be out a month. So that would if he plays on Sunday, that would put him about a week or so ahead of schedule. Um, and, you know, he's been out there practice. Like you said, he hasn't caught passes. I think if he does take that next step and he's maybe, you know, technically he'll be a limited participant in practice. But if he does catch passes tomorrow, I think there's a decent chance. But I think this is an instance that we shouldn't kind of – we shouldn't just be – positive that he's going to play or think because you know he's been the arrow is pointing in the right direction it means he's going to play the bills have three of their next four um at home and their next two games are against afc opponents the raiders at home and the jets in new york or in new jersey on thursday night so those are technically if you're looking at the wild card race um this early those two games are technically more important than a, a game against an nfc opponent so i think if there's any thought at all that Jordan Matthews could re-aggravate his thumb and then be out of two or three more games or more than that, then I think the Bills will hold him back. But I really think that tomorrow, as is the case most of the time, um, if he makes that next step tomorrow, um, we could see him on the field. Do I think he's going to play You know, 90% of the snap on offense? Probably not, even if his thumb does feel good, um, especially with those two AFC games um, You know, after this week against the Buccaneers. Yeah, and obviously now we'll look at uh, as we look at the key matchups. Uh, the Bills pass uh, game against the the Bucks pass defense. The Bucks now rank thirty first in the NFL in pass defense, allowing three hundred and one yards per game uh, as they start the season. They've given up three hundred and sixteen yards and twenty four points on the first four possessions last week against the Cardinals. So obviously that there is not something that they want to be repeating. But uh, second year cornerback Vernon Hargraves is uh, really struggling 
uh, over the, the the start of the season did struggle last year as well and uh, Brett Grimes is playing quite well though on the opposite side uh, got another interception last week but with uh, Hargreaves struggling uh, and you know a lot of the times now we've started to see him drop back a little bit deeper into to coverage and people then are born on uh, shorter routes you know and breaking routes and it's just not working out for them so Buffalo this is the interesting part Buffalo ranked 30th out of 32 NFL teams in passing yards averaging only 165 uh, yards per game so out of this uh, going forward they've only scored six passing touchdowns and have uh, only two interceptions on the season so not really doing a lot through the air with uh, Tyrod Taylor a lot of the work being done on the ground so one of the sides kind of has to give in this is it uh, the Bucks pass defense gets back on track or does the Bills passing game start to, to creep up a little bit in this one yeah I think that um that this game is really going to be decided on those two factors that, you know, something has to give um, from this Bills pass game and this Buccaneers secondary. And taking that a step further, I think that I don't necessarily think Tyrod Taylor is going to have 350 yards and four touchdown passes, but a step further, the uh, Buccaneers come into this game with only six sacks as a team. Um, Gerald McCoy is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Robert Ayers is an underrated defensive lineman. He's a little bit better as a run defender, though, um, than he is as a pass rusher. So I think if Tyrod Taylor is in the pocket and he's not pressured, you know, for as good as he is when he needs to improvise and he needs to throw outside the pocket due to the pass rush, um, he's much better when he's not, you know, immediately thinking about the pass rush the second he catches a snap in shotgun or when he drops back into a five- or seven-step drop. So I think um, I would kind of lean toward the Bills' passing offense for as you know pedestrian as it's been thus far to have a better game at home um, against this uh, Buccaneer secondary that we've seen pretty much every type of team, home or away, um, almost you know shred to a certain degree. And it's not only because of guys like Vernon Hargraves or you know some weakness uh, at the safety spot or at that number three or that number four cornerback spot. But really, we've seen it's pretty much, you know, over the test of time that if your defensive line can't get home and create pressure, your secondary is probably going to struggle. So if the Bills' um, offensive line can keep Tyrod Taylor protected against, you know, one of the, um, you know, lesser pass rushes that they face, and they face the Broncos, they face the Bengals, um, they face the Carolina Panthers, um, that if they're able to keep Tyrod Taylor upright and and not only just upright, but not, you know, pressured once every two or three snaps, and I think the Bills pass game could have a little bit of a um, resurgence on Sunday. Yeah, and I guess when we're talking about the pass game, we have to touch on it. Uh, Zay Jones, uh, in week five, uh, he caught one of six targets for nine yards, and that was with uh, Jordan Matthews obviously sidelined, Charles Clay leaving that game earlier. So he's continued to be pretty much a non-factor. There was a lot of high hopes kind of for him coming in as a, as a rookie, but despite, despite starting every game, he has just five catches uh, on the season. What is the the verdict up there on uh, Zay Jones being so far in Buffalo? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's certainly not a verdict on him yet, but thus far, um, I think of a mental block um, in terms of catching the football. I mean, he's a six foot two, two hundred ten, two hundred fifteen pound wideout with big hands. Um, he caught three hundred ninety nine passes in college. I mean, a lot of those were screens, you know, of every variety at East Carolina, but there wasn't really this big um, red flag in terms of him as a prospect that he had, you know, poor hands. Um, but I think, you know, he has a drop um, in his first game and then it kind of has avalanched and kind of snowballed. Um, and 
we're seeing, you know, passes that are right in his chest that he's dropping. He has made, you know, a few of those five catches have been, um, you know, really good grabs. And it seems like he's at least getting into this game. He's kind of had lapses of concentration on the easy passes, you know, and, you know, some of them haven't been, you know, when he's stationary, but they've been slants that, you know, are right in his hands or hitting him in the numbers and he's dropping. So I think once he gets over that hurdle, we're kind of seeing the same thing with Amari Cooper um, in Oakland, that that once Zay Jones, I don't think he's going to continue with this, you know, crazy drop rate. He needs to get over that mental hurdle that when the ball's coming his way, he needs to not think that he's going to drop it. I mean, he is a second round receiver. He had a, you know, illustrious um, collegiate career. So, Right now, certainly there's there's a disappointment about how he's played through five games. I mean, the Bills traded up to get him in the second round. Um, but I think that we will see him uh, over the next few weeks. Maybe, uh, maybe the bye week was kind of really what he needed. Um, I don't think he's going to have nine catches for 130 yards on Sunday. But see him a little bit more involved in the offense and, you know, not dropping balls at such an alarming rate like he um, you know, did in the first five games of his career. Yeah, and I touched on that earlier as well when we talked about the the, the pass defense, but the run defense as well. The, the Buccaneers has been struggling. Adrian Peterson turned back the clock last week and uh, really gassed this team 134 yards and two touchdowns and 26 carries for him. So LeSean McCoy hasn't really been his explosive best on the ground this season. He has been doing a lot of his work uh, through the air on uh, pass catch and attempts. And uh, so this week, following that by obviously with Tyrod Taylor's ability there, as you mentioned, to scramble, move out of the pocket and stretch this defense in different ways uh, do you think this is a, a big opportunity for McCoy to have uh, his best game of the season on the ground yeah and he he actually said that yesterday that that he thinks this is the game where the run game really gets going for the Bills um, there's been a lot of speculation or thought that the Bills going for more of a power run game the last two seasons under Greg Roman and and Anthony Lynn to now that famed zone blocking Scheme under Rick Dennison, who's a Gary Kubiak, who is a Mike Shanahan disciple, um, that that run scheme has really uh, led to the Bills' struggles. I, I do think that it does take some time for an offensive line to transition from the man-to-man blocking to the zone blocking where, you know, the entire offensive line has to be in unison um, for those plays to not only work on the front side, but for those tuck back lanes to be there for running backs. McCoy himself seems like the guy we've seen his entire career, you know, still super agile, great vision, balance. Um, but I think it really matters beyond what kind of scheme you're looking at, zone scheme, man scheme, if there's a pulling guard, if there's a fullback, um, that you just have to block well. And there's been times that on the front side, whether it's been John Miller, the uh, third-year former third-round pick out of Louisville, um, or it's been Vlad Vlad Dukasi, um, who actually played against the Bengals, he um, jumped into the starting lineup after John Miller was benched, just, you know, we're whiffing on blocks and there was defensive tackles in the backfield right away. That's happened much more through the first five games this year than we saw um, in 2016 and 2015. And I, I do give some props to Rick Dennison, the Bills offensive coordinator, because he has mixed in some power schemes, some man-to-man blocking that the Bills have run or that the Bills did run in 2015 and 2016. Um, and the entire coaching staff has said, you know, we took this bye week to kind of reevaluate um, and, you know, probably look at what plays they wanted to scrap, what plays they wanted to feature more. And like you mentioned, I think 
we've seen the Bills run game be at its best when there is some read option uh, wrinkled in that Tyrod Taylor isn't just, you know, picking up yardage on a pass play when he scrambles, but is a threat to run on those designed runs. And you can still put a fullback in front of him to, uh, you know, kind of protect him a little bit. And I think we'll see that more against the uh, Buccaneers on Sunday. And certainly if Levante David can't go or isn't 100%, he is certainly their best linebacker. Um, then that, you know, really gives the Bills a big advantage um, when it comes to the ground game. Yeah, and just as we uh, get ready to wrap up here and we talk about uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, wide receivers, tight ends, really basically the Tampa Bay offense heading against the Buffalo defense. We know what Mike Evans can do. We know what Deshaun Jackson can do through the air. Uh, last week, though, uh, although the Cardinals had that big early lead, they did lay off in coverage at times. with was five players for the Buccaneers, uh, Mike Evans, Cameron Britt, Alan Humphreys, or Adam Humphreys, rather, uh, Charles Sims and Deshaun Jackson all recorded at least one catch of 20 yards plus. So it can be explosive, uh, you know, as an offense as a whole. Uh, the Buffalo linebackers are obviously going to be well aware of uh, Cameron Britt as well. He caught six passes last week for 76 yards and a touchdown. So he's looked good. And uh, O.J. Howard has uh, been sprinkled in kind of sparingly for them this offseason, the rookie tight end. But how do you think overall that the Bills defense match up against this uh, Tampa offense? Well, I think in general, a team that faces the Bills that is really predicated on hitting the big play. And with Jameis Winston under center, the Buccaneers have been good at hitting the big play. Um, that that's, that's not necessarily a great matchup for that offense because the Bills defense, Sean McDermott's cover three that we saw him run um, for five years in Carolina is predicated because they're running cover three on stopping that big play down the field. And the Bills outside of those two long plays against uh, Cincinnati and AJ Green that were really almost one-on-one plays. We've you know seen the Bills limit Matt Ryan at home. Cam Newton had a good first quarter against the Bills, but after that, you know, he's really shut down. He did not hit any plays. In week one against the Jets, there was very uh, limited big plays. So I think the Bills will be okay with Mike Evans catching six and eight-yard comebacks um, and maybe Cameron Brait. Um, on some horizontal stuff underneath Um, Adam Humphreys kind of the same but they really don't want to get beat and will do everything they can to you know not have Deshaun Jackson hit a 75-yard touchdown Um, and kind of like I mentioned earlier against the Bengals the Bills played great defense besides those two longer plays to A.J. Green and certainly you can game plan to try to stop a you know, deep pass to Mike Evans or a deep pass to Deshaun Jackson and not be successful. But I think um, regardless of if they're facing Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick, that will be the you know central focus, um, not only for this game, but the entire season for the Bills is, is that if a team is going to piece together a 11, 12, 13, 14 play drive against us and score, so be it. But we're not going to let those big plays happen. And if we can keep everything in front of us, um, then Generally speaking, we're going to, you know, find teams in, in third and long um, and, you know, get after the quarterback and, and just in general be one of the better defenses in the league. So regardless of who is that quarterback, I think there will need to be for the Buccaneers 
more dinking and dunking that they probably want to actually do yeah and that's been an issue i think with this buccaneers offense they've been looking for the big play too often they give up some they don't take some of the smaller plays and then they're doing a lot of tree and outs you know it just doesn't give them a consistent offense so with that being said i think you know we're looking here i mentioned at the start the buffalo bills home record is very very strong the tampa bay buccaneers have struggled on the road there just seems to be a lot more issues at this moment in time with the buccaneers whether it is obviously a big issue coming into it's the, the health of their quarterback heading into it you never want to see your quarterback coming in less than 100 percent if he does get a couple of hits this week may miss uh, you know parts of the game or the entire rest of the game so i have to say with everything going in particularly the tampa bay buccaneers defense and how it suits up and fits in against this uh, buffalo bills offense i have to say that i think this is one that the, the buffalo bills take at home i think they'll probably uh, and it'll be a surprise to a lot of people probably when they're watching it that they think the buccaneers are a better team but i think the bills will win this game quite comfortably how do you see it uh, i'll get you i get a prediction from you now as to, to how you think this uh, week seven contest goes yeah i think um pretty similarly i don't know how comfortable it'll be because i do think that just when you look at this uh, buccaneers team you know with the problems on defense um, and like you said, not a ton of consistency on the offensive side. Um, I still think, I mean, Gerald McCoy is a top three or top five defensive tackle. Like you mentioned, Brent Grimes, you know, even at his age is one of the best cornerbacks in the league and on offense. They certainly have, you know, a all pro in Mike Evans. If James Winston plays, he's proven to be one of the better young quarterbacks in the league. And Deshaun Jackson has probably since he came into the league almost 10 years ago now, um, has been the best overall deep threat in the league. So they certainly have some quality players, which I think just that talent alone will kind of keep them in this game right on the road um, against a team. that's almost the opposite of them that for, even if it is Jameis Winston, if there's been one kind of um, knock on him, it's been that he can at times not be super accurate and can force the issue throw probably more interceptions than you would expect. And the bills are all about, you know, creating turnovers and not turning the ball over on offense. That's probably Tyrod Taylor's best attribute in terms of, or beyond just his athletic ability is that he, you know, if he sees a wide receiver that might not be wide open, he's not going to necessarily force that when Jameis Winston is, or has shown a tendency to do that. So I think the turnovers, um, the uh, Buccaneers' lack of a pass rush and just the Bills, you know, coming off the bye week, rested, fully evaluating their run game, their pass game, everything. Um, they should win this game at home by something like 7, 10, maybe 13 points. Yeah, I feel the same way. And uh, lots of great information there from you, Chris. And obviously, the listeners can follow you on Twitter at Chris Trapasso. As always, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. That was Chris Trapasso of the Buffalo News. As I mentioned there, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Trapasso. In just a moment, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into the game using some of the many apps on rotoviz.com. And today's show, I'm going to be using the GLSP app one more time. Next week, we'll change things up. We suggested again on Twitter. People love the GLSP app or the Gillespie app uh, to get the suggestions of what I'm going to talk about in the show. So if you have a suggestion of uh, a different app to use, send it my way. I'll be glad to work it in on next week's edition of the podcast. 
This season obviously has already started, but you can still sign up and get yourself a Rotoviz NFL pass. And of course, you can get that with a 30% discount as a listener to the podcast. It is available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it supports the pod. So get your 30% discount now for an NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So as I mentioned, we're going to use the GLSP app this week again to uh, break down what I think is going to happen in this game. It's a, it's an interesting game as I talked there with Chris, and I'm you know I, I am I have to say that I think this game is going to lean heavily in favour of the Buffalo Bills. I think this has the potential to uh, really get out of hand on the Buccaneers, and I may be you know coming next week when I come on the show, I may say I got that one very much wrong, but this one here I think sets up favourably in many many ways for the Buffalo Bills. They are coming off that bye. I think just the matchups and defence and offence suit them a lot lot more than it does suit this Buccaneers team. The Jameis Winston injury coming into it, whether he, I, at this point it does look like he's going to play, but even if he does play, I don't think he's going to be 100% and it's just going to make it a lot tougher on the Buccaneers. So I'm leaning heavily in this one to the Buffalo Bills and you'll see as I go through my projections and my thoughts in this game that that's the way I'm going to be leaning to. We all know when we talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right, if Jameis Winston and starts he's probably a rest option at quarterback but you have to consider that if he does get uh, sacked in this game if he does come down on that shoulder again he may have to set out a portion of the game or the rest of the game so I think with the Buccaneers they're likely to uh, see and try and uh, manage him through the game and we'll just see how it goes from that perspective so for me if I have another option I'm sitting Jameis this week and uh, we'll see then if he obviously if he doesn't play you're not going to play him but if he does play for me he is a sit this week then when you look at the wide receiver position and we talked as well about how uh, they're going to play cover three against this defense and they're going to sit a little bit deeper they're going to try not to give up those big plays that means that Mike Evans might catch you know six or seven balls but it's going to be for short yardage uh, and then obviously you're really reliant then on a touchdown you're not really going to I don't think see that big play to the Deshaun Jackson I don't think we'll see that this week so it's very tough so I, I see as the Buccaneers in this game I think this game is going to set up a little bit more from their perspective for the run game and Doug Martin maybe some Charles Sims catching passes out of the backfield and then Cameron and Britt so the two players I'd be targeting in this game if I was uh, picking out Tampa Bay Buccaneers to uh, start this week with Doug Martin and Cameron Britt. I think that Martin has uh, played quite well. I've been impressed with how he's looked since he's come back from his suspension and I think when you're looking at the GLSP app for him obviously the low this week is very low and uh, the high then is a nice generous donation into his scoring charts this week but uh, if you're looking just in standard leagues this week uh, as low as 2.7 median is 6.2 and high is 15.9 I think we're looking somewhere between the median and the high this week for his projection I have him in to manage to get in around the just over 10 points this week 10 and a half points I have him down for if you look at it I think you're going to get a, a healthy dose of him on the ground because I think they're going to try and take it out of James's hands a little bit I think he'll catch two or three passes as well as we go along here and I think that uh, out of the the Buccaneers, I, I do like his opportunity this week to put up, but I still think he's going to be an RB2. I can't see him this week finishing as an RB1. Then I mentioned Cameron Brett. Again, as we talked with Chris, he mentioned, you know, they'll probably give up some stuff underneath to him, you know, so some, some things within 5 to 10 yards of the line of scrimmage that he can pick up on and uh, pick up some points. And, you know, if you're playing in standard leagues, you know you're waiting again on your tight end to get into the end zone with the tight end position it's always touchdown dependent but I think in PPR leagues this week we can see Britt have a nice game I expect him to catch five to six passes and then uh, you know if he gets in the end zone then you're really liking it but I think he has a a safe floor this week and I think he's going to finish around his median projection 
this week, I see him finishing in and around you know seven to nine points, and then of course if he gets the touchdown, he's hitting double digit figures. So uh, Cameron Brait and uh, Doug Martin for me in the uh, Buccaneers selection for this contest. But I'm going to look a little bit more into the Buffalo Bills now as we run through it, and I'm going to start off by saying this team this week, uh, if Jordan Matthews plays, that's all well and good. I just can't factor him in with confidence this week as a, as a starter anyway with the, how he's uh, been limited since he's come back. He's only three weeks removed from a surgery on his thumb. So it's hard to have uh, the utmost confidence in a player coming back like that. And it's very interesting what Chris said about the fact that the next two games are against AFC rivals that could be in there for the wildcard position. So they may prioritise that over uh, him playing this week. And of course, with uh, the, what I want to talk about now, the ability for the um, Bills to have success on the ground in this one, I think that is a smart option. So they don't have a lot of pass catching options in this one, so we'll see LeSean McCoy catch a few balls in this one, no doubt about that. I think uh, we've seen what Adrian Peterson did last week, and that obviously wasn't... We, we thought he might have a, a big role while he went to Arizona. We didn't think he was going to just absolutely light up uh, the Buccaneers straight off the bat, and uh, LeSean McCoy, I think, can do something similar this week. Um, I don't know if he'll get the two touchdowns, but touchdowns can be very hard to predict on a weekly basis, but I do think he's going to pick up the yards. He has not been running the ball as well as uh, I would like to see him over the start of the season, but then he's picking up those yards through the air, as I mentioned, with Chris. But I think this week is the opportunity to get that run game going. The Buccaneers have really struggled in that department this season. In week four, he did hit his highest rushing yardage total off the season, 63 yards against the Bengals. So I think we're going to see him work into that. And if you add in his increased usage as a receiver, whether you're if you're in PPR, you're onto a real winner with LeSean McCoy. But if you're playing in standard, the mixture of uh, the receiving yards plus the yards on the ground are going to add up. I, I would expect him to hit uh, at least 100 uh, combined yards this week so that there's you even in standard leagues hitting that 10 point mark and I think he's going to get in the end zone so I think at the end of this week we're going to be looking at LeSean McCoy finishing as an RB1 uh, and uh, you know he's in if he's in I have him on a couple of dynasty teams and uh, he's going to be slotted in no no questions asked no doubt about it he's starting for me this week so get LeSean McCoy in your lineups Zay Jones um, you know he's really the only wide receiver that we can really talk about here you have Nick O'Leary playing at tight end but you know you can't trust him even at the, in the most deep of deep tight end uh, premium league so we're looking here at Zay Jones and there is an opportunity this week for him to get on board but you can't start him it's just uh, it's just not possible unless you're really going for a contrarian play Tampa Bay has allowed at least one receiver to score double digit points in every game this season and no other NFL team is allowing more fantasy points to the receiver position than the Bucks have but it's just uh, it's just hard it's hard to trust him but uh, you know if you're really really stuck you're looking for a streamer maybe in a, a deep uh, deep deep league you can put him in there as a flex play but uh, I think Zay Jones has the possibility to get right this week and uh, have a breakout game for him but just at this moment in time uh, you can't trust him in your lineups the player that I am trusting this week is Tyrod Taylor if you want to know what the lowest yardage pass in total allowed by the the Bucks defense this season was it was actually last week 283 yards by Carson Palmer so you know, if that's the floor, uh, the ceiling is really, really high. Uh, he he also threw last week though for three passing touchdowns, and obviously the Cardinals were up 31 to zip at one point, so they didn't really throw the ball too much in the second half. Taylor can be, uh, you know, up and down from week to week. He can look hesitant. He can look a little rattled at times, and he's inaccurate at times. But I think uh, when you look at it. His numbers at home are really strong, 66.7% completion rate. He has 437 yards, four touchdowns, one interception in two games. So he's uh, moving along very, very nicely. And on the road, then, he has had a couple of struggles. But uh, Tampa Bay's secondary is porous, should allow for some open receivers. And 
uh, you know, maybe Zay Jones does break free and we get something going there. But I expect him as well to have uh, LaShawn McCoy to use that in and to get those rushing yards on the ground. I think the combination of the threat between uh, Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy is going to open up some big running lanes for both those guys this week. I have a few uh, DFS lineups that I'm setting up and, uh, of course, as well, I'm doing the uh, play of the week for Rotovis, writing in my suggestions for that. And I've gone with a stack in that of uh, a running back and a quarterback, and they happen to be the Bills running back and quarterback, LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor. So looking at his projections on the, the GLSP app, in four-point passing touchdown leagues, uh, Terrell Pryor has a low of 12.8, a medium of 15.4, and a high of 21.5. And if you look through it, I do think that um, you know he's going to finish you know between the median and the high, and more than likely on the high, I actually think he could break that ceiling of 21 points. I'm expecting a big, big week here from him. I was using some of the other tools uh, on Rotoviz, and uh, you know then comparing it with the uh, value that he has uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel and. Uh, I think when I looked, I think it was at uh, DraftKings I was looking, and he's the 20th uh, overall in terms of quarterback cost this week, and you know then a lot of the projections and models have him finishing uh, as a top five option this week, so I, I definitely have him slotted into quite a number of my lineups, and I think he's a huge value this week, and that's why he is my draft star player of the week. So I'm slotting him into my DFS lineups, and I'm also going to be slotting him into my draft lineups. If you haven't played on draft yet, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you can come and join up today. You can download the app anytime. Just search draft in the app store and join a game in minutes or play right on your computer from playdraft.com whichever way you prefer and for a limited time only if you sign up all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit if you use the promo code rv radio if you haven't heard already what draft is it's pretty much uh, a no salary cap league with a, a live snake draft format that you draft just like you do in your leagues with your friends you know in the off season and in your redraft leagues and then after you draft it's just a best ball format like if you play in any mfl 10 leagues or any best ball leagues you just uh, pick those players you pick a couple of bench players and then the uh, the computer pretty much does the rest for you it picks the uh, highest scoring players out of your selections and then uh, whoever finishes top at the end of it all wins so there's no trades no waiver wire just a, a lot a lot of fun so draft starting from as little as one dollar so there really is a draft for everyone so go get involved use that promo code rv radio when you sign up get that first deposit get a free entry into a draft and uh, go go get yourself uh, some Tyrod Taylor in those lineups and uh, make sure you win this week. So we've given a, a rundown through the players I expect. This game is, uh, you know, you know, I, I look at certain games, I tell you it's going to be a fantasy bonanza. I go through all the players, you know, maybe list out three or four wide receivers, talk about the tight ends and so on and so forth. This game, I don't think, I think there's selected players that can outscore uh, what their value is this week and then I think the rest of them are pretty much... Uh, you know you can't trust them in this one so I, I mentioned there uh, the players that I'm trusting this week are uh, Cameron Britt, uh, Doug Martin and then of course the ones that I'm really really trusting the ones that I'm fully behind are LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor being my star draft player of the week so that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Beat. Thanks once again to Chris Trapasso for jumping aboard the show and talking through this game with me. Really enjoyed the conversation I had with him. My name's Colin Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And until I'm back next week with another edition, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. 
Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.